0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's BYTE.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with BYTE. This week
1: on the Chicago Bears review. With the same place opponents out of the way, we now move on to the intriguing AFC South, a division in flux, and we get started with last year's bottom dweller, the fourth place Tennessee Titans. Can the Titans climb out of the cellar, or are they doomed to just stay there? Dan Cotton from 247sports.com joins us on the AFC South Preview episode of The Chicago Bears Review! AFC South episode number three out of fourteen preview episodes, getting us ready for the 2016 regular season. What's going on, everybody? Larity back for the part one of the AFC South preview, and we f- we have a a new friend I uh, could not get in touch or couldn't get a, a schedule, uh, you know, lined up with uh paul kuharski from from espn but we were able to get uh dan cotton 24 7 sports.com uh, the tennessee titan page uh is uh t-e-n as in 10 uh for tennessee t-e-n dot 24 7 sports.com uh he's a uh a um a correspondent uh, for them writes about the Tennessee Titans uh, and so on. Uh, very nice guy, and you can hear the Southern accent coming from uh, from Tennessee, a native Tennessean, or I, I think that's how they refer to themselves uh, down there. And um, you know, big Titans fan. Had a great discussion uh, with him. We'll get to that in uh, just a uh, a few moments. So um, you know, we're, we're moving along. It's June now. Uh, the Bears just wrapped up uh, OTAs. Uh, very exciting. Uh, that's the last of the OTAs, uh, the guy, I think they got a mini camp in another week or two, uh, and then that's pretty much it until the Bears strap it up and and get busy in Bourbonnais at the end of July. So hoping to stay busy uh, for these next few weeks in the interim before training camp uh, gets started. I spoke to Dan Cotton uh, earlier uh, today or Tuesday, depending on when you're listening to this. It's either going to be late Tuesday night or first thing Wednesday morning that this thing uh, comes out. But, um, you know, spoke to Dan on Tuesday I have uh, Colton Manziel from Big Cat Country on SB Nation for the Jaguars uh, later this week, I think either Thursday or Friday, I'm having him. And then we'll be talking to Josh Wilson and Brett Coleman to wrap up the AFC South for the Colts and Titans, respectively. Then we move on to the NFC East, and then, of course, we finish things up with the NFC North and our good friends uh, that we had on the show last year, Chris Gates uh, Evan Western and, and Jeremy Reisman. So looking forward to having all of them, uh, back on the show and, uh, talking to our, uh, our new friends, uh, you know, with Dan from 24 seven sports and, and, uh, our A- other AFC South brethren that we're going to be bringing in, uh, to the show. So it's, uh, you know, very exciting that we're, we're able to, to get this done. And it, it looks like I am going to be able to pull off all 14 teams, or all 13 uh, opponents, and then still working on the 14th to see if I can't get uh, Jeff Dickerson back on the show or uh, who else we might have on uh, in, his, uh, in his place. But I was able to lock down a New York Giants um, contributor, so I've got all four teams from the NFC East now, so we're all set. We are 100% ready to go for all of our opponents, and then I'm still working on who we're going to have on for the quote-unquote off-season finale before we head into training camp and get things going with the preseason uh, and so on. Very excited and uh, looking forward uh, to uh, to it. So um, just a couple of things we want to cover real quick before we get into uh, our discussion uh, with Dan uh, about the Titans. Um, just I, I was really looking forward to these afc South shows and that's because you hear me talk to Dan about it a little bit you heard me mention it in the in the opening um it's an intriguing division a division that truly is uh in flux it, you know it's kind of an it's in my opinion it's an anybody's game division this year uh you like I said you'll hear me talk about it briefly with Dan um and actually this is something you'll hear me talk about with all four guys that I have. Uh, On the show, the Titans had the number one pick, got a king's ransom for it. And especially with like their first four draft picks really knocked it out of the park with Conklin, uh, Austin Johnson. They got Kevin Dodd from Clemson. Uh, They stole Derrick Henry, the Heisman Trophy winner in the second round, just kind of really loading up their roster. And they have an extra first and a third next year uh, to go along, you know, with the with the picks that they got here uh, in twenty sixteen. Uh the Jaguars, uh, with what they were managed to pull off, people being afraid of Miles Jack and the Jags being able to scoop him up uh in the second round after getting Jalen Ramsey at number five. Uh all the money that they spent in free agency, you know, the term that you'll hear me say is uh, you know, the 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 upside or the potential, the glass ceiling, whatever you want to call it, uh, with the AFC South is You know, the potential for anything to happen is high in this division. You know, maybe the Colts will make it boring and with a healthy Andrew Luck, they'll just go back and reclaim the division with everything that the Texans did, bringing Ben Osweiler, the draft that they had. I love some of the picks that they made. Experts do too. A healthy J.J. Watt coming in. Um, You know, it's a make-or-break year for Jadavian Clowney, so maybe his motivation pushes him to do great things on defense uh, for them and so on you know it kind of goes on and on there's a lot more positive to look forward to with the AFC South for them you know not to be the dumpster fire that they were last year as a division not just you know because the Titans were bad enough to earn number one Jacksonville's picking number five you know the Colts I think were in the middle of the first round uh and so on somebody's going to win this division as opposed to kind of just taking it by default the way the Texans did uh, last year. So um, I really do think that, um, you know, (laughs) the Bears might be in trouble because we got this division a year too late. If we'd had them that last year, that would have been something special for the Bears because that was last year was the year you wanted to play those teams. This year, I'm not so sure. I mean, like I said, the ceiling is very, very high. For all four of these teams uh, to to do something special uh, this year, whether it just be you know for the in the case of the Titans, the team that we're talking about right now, to go from only winning five games in the last two seasons combined, maybe they're a team that makes the next leap and gets to eight and eight, you know, this year with with Mariota and the one two punch they have in the running game and so on. Maybe this is the year they make that next big step. Maybe this is the year that Jacksonville. Does that you know, or instead of being a nine and seven team, maybe the Texans take all of their changes and they're a twelve and four team this year. It's like the potential for all of that is there, and you know, and also the potential for none of it to work out and for them still to be a buster ass division again is there again. It is the NFL after all, so but that's that's what's most intriguing is that it's an anything can happen division. I mean, you know, it could be like oh well, it's same as it was last year. Houston won. Indy 2, Jacksonville, and, and Titans battling for last place. Or it could be like, holy crap, the Jaguars won this division. Can you believe it? You know, that kind of thing. I could really see us having a discussion like that at the end of the year. How about those Titans, man? 3-13 and 13 last year, 10-6, and six, going to the playoffs and so on. I really do believe the potential for all of that is there, and that's why I was so interested to talk to these guys from that division because they all had big holes to fill and lots of moves to make. And for the most part... They did it, every last one of them. So very interested to see how all of that goes uh, for them. And um, real quickly, uh, as far as the Bears are concerned, um, some interesting uh, developments uh, for the Bears. Uh, We finally, finally, just like a day or two ago, finally wrapped up our draft class. The last to sign was Jonathan Bullard, our third-round pick. Signed a four-year deal, I believe, on Monday, which would be yesterday, And uh, so he's, so the entire draft class is now secure. I think the last time that we spoke, Leonard Floyd hadn't been signed yet. He has also signed a uh, four-year deal with a fifth-year option, uh, as most first-round picks uh, have. So he is all locked up uh, as well. Uh, Last week, uh, Ryan Pace already cut one of his draft picks. Uh, Teo Fabeluge, our sixth-round pick from last year, the offensive tackle from – from TCU, I believe. Um, uh, here's the thing. I had no idea. that When I was reading that the Bears had released him, uh, there was a sentence in there saying that, uh, yeah, he appeared in four games for the Bears. When the hell was that? <laughs> when, when did Teo Fabaluge play? I didn't even know he was active for any games last year, let alone actually playing in any. So maybe he was the extra tackle on, on extra points or something, but I don't. Uh, I mean, I know he didn't play a snap. Uh, on offense, at least. So, um, but um, you know, he was always kind of viewed as a developmental um, guy, being a sixth round pick, and uh, especially for somebody who was out of football for a year in the middle of his career, uh, out there, you know, jumping back and forth from BYU to TCU and, and so on. Um, but uh, I guess he just wasn't developing fast enough. Uh, Ryan Pace uh, pulled the trigger, and uh, you know, you got to give Pace a lot of credit. The guy is not afraid to make bold moves. I mean, he's done nothing but pretty much since he came to Chicago. I mean, getting rid of Brandon Marshall, trading away uh, Martellus Bennett, and, you know, everything else in between, letting go of Roberto Garza, who's beloved in Chicago, uh, and so on. This guy is definitely all about creating the team in his image and uh, letting go of a draft pick from a year ago. Granted, it's a six round pick, so that, you know, chances aren't all that great that a six round pick is going to make the team. But when you draft somebody, you expect them to stick around. And those later round picks, usually you have a bit more patience with them because they're developmental players and so on. As long as they're making progress, and the fact that the Bears have already seen fit to uh, cut Fabelluget and send him packing a year into his career says that whatever progress they were hoping for hasn't been made and, and uh, the hopes of that progress being made anytime soon are slim to none because he has been let go and the Bears had an interesting, had a cup of coffee with Jake Long, former number one overall pick from 2008, uh, signed, uh, drafted by the Dolphins, had a free agent uh, contract for a couple years with the uh, St. Louis Rams, injuries cut his time short with the, with the Rams, uh, played with the Falcons last year came in for a tryout with the Bears last week but instead the the Bears decided to sign um, Nate Chandler offensive tackle who was with the Carolina Panthers in 2014. I think he missed all of last year uh, with a with it was either a knee or a shoulder injury I apologize I don't remember which one it was I'm sure it was a knee injury though but um you know so he's going to be adding depth which in the end that's a good thing. Because Charles Leno, not the most experienced guy. Uh, I think everyone would agree that he's still developing. And obviously he is making the progress that Teo Fabaluge was not because, number one, he was a starter for us last year. And number two, the Bears did almost, well, they did absolutely nothing as far as addressing the left tackle position. You know, in the offseason or in the draft or anything like that, so they have supreme confidence, or so it would appear, in Charles Leno and, and Leno Leno. I gotta find out which one it is, Leno or Leno. Um, but um, to you know, for him to to still be our starting left tackle going into uh, the season, but we add veteran depth behind him, something that that uh, Pace did uh, very well here in the in the off season. So we we have. Manny Ramirez we have Ted Larson we have um, you know Nate Chandler backing up Lino and and, uh, Long and Grassu and Cody White here who I think is going to be our starter uh, at left guard so if one of these young guys falters Kyle Long definitely probably not going to be one of those guys that falters but still um, you know bringing in Nate Chandler he'll be a plug and play guy if if he's needed uh, down the line so uh, a good move uh, for them. I mean, obviously, Jake Long would have been the sexier signing, the name recognition, the oh, number one overall pick, and uh, been to a few Pro Bowls with the Dolphins and so on. He would have been a much sexier, more high profile signing, but uh, Nate Chandler was the choice. And up to this point, you know, pace has usually been right about these kind of things. So hopefully that will be something that works out. And hopefully for, for Charles Leno's case, we never have to find out how good Nate Chandler is. So we'll, uh, we'll have to sit back and, and see. Uh, on that one so but that's all I have as far as headlines and news uh, for the Bears just those couple of roster moves there for the full draft class is finally under uh, contract and um, you know no more Teo Fabeluge so no worrying whether or not we're getting his name right or anymore Nate Chandler much easier to pronounce so welcome to the team so that's going to do it for our little news and notes and so on section what do you say we go ahead and dive right into the AFC South and part one talking Tennessee Titans with Dan Cotton from 247sports.com <laughs> And as we uh, dive into this most intriguing division, the AFC South, lots of questions uh, going in this year, especially since it was one of the more disappointing divisions in football last year. We begin with the Tennessee Titans, and we welcome our new friend, Dan Cotton, 247sports.com. Dan, thank you so much, and welcome to the Chicago Bears Review.
2: Larry, it's good to be here, sir. Good to be here.
1: So this is your, your first time on the show. So mm-hmm. since we're having you on for the first time, what we like to do is get a little background on our new friends and uh, just want a few questions. Where are you from originally? How long have you been a Titans fan?
2: I am actually from this area, born and raised uh, just outside of Nashville in a small community called Arrington, Tennessee. I actually went to school at Middle Tennessee, okay. uh, the same school that produced our third-round pick this year, Kevin Byard. Mm-hmm. and I've been a season ticket member uh, for the Titans since they have moved to Nashville. Since uh, so since nineteen ninety nine, I've had a season two second two season tickets to the Titans at at originally Adelphia Coliseum, right. L P Field, and now it's Nissan Second. So I've been m I've been a fan of the Titans since day one.
1: So you you weren't like a converted Oilers fan? What did you have an allegiance before the Titans came to Nashville?
2: True story here. I actually had a Steelers jacket that I wore growing up. So I was growing up, I was a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I see.
1: I see. Okay. And then when you when you finally had a team in your backyard, no choice but to follow them, right?
2: Exactly.
1: All right. So this this may be tricky for you, but. Um, what is your favorite Titan moment other than the Music City Miracle?
2: Because
1: um, that's, that's got to be the go-to one, right? The Music City is, Miracle. It doesn't yes. really get much better than that.
2: I, I will gladly uh, attest to being there. I was there. Awesome. I will gladly attest to not thinking we had a chance to, to win. Right. So I was one of the 67,000-plus that was all ready to go home and actually all ready to go to the bar across the river and drown my sorrows and sure. uh, a couple of pints, if you will. Uh, <laughs> second favorite game, I guess you might say. Hmm. Give me a minute here. Because we've had some, unfortunately, we haven't been to playoffs, so t- I'm, I'm not gonna say a single week. The Titans have not been the playoffs since uh, two thousand and eight, so it's been right. a couple years here. Um, uh, actually the second probably the second favorite was this was the two thousand season when we uh, shut out the Cowboys at home. Uh, it was a Monday night game. and oh. so that was back in the two thousand season. I going to say the score was like thirty to nothing, uh not thirty one nothing. That probably has rank up there. Um going back as far as uh games here in Nashville, uh how how would they would rank? Let's
1: how about see. winning the uh AFC title in 99?
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean beating Jacksonville 3 times, beating them on their home turf, that was re- you know quite rewarding obviously. Um well, I mean the first game ever at Adelphia was a 36-35 comeback uh, victory over the Bengals. The okay. Titans, so the time got big. They uh, the Bengals came back and took the lead, and McNair drove them down. And they, thanks to el Grick Al with field goal, they won 36-35 to uh, Christian Stadium with the win in the first in, in the very first I'm sorry in the first first ever regular season game at then, Adelphi Coliseum.
1: Nice. Nice. Yeah, I, that that ninety nine season was so crazy because I, I actually I was pulling for the Jaguars that year. I I don't know if it was just, you know, pulling for the underdog as far as them sure. being an expansion team and all that kind of stuff. And they they won. They went 14 and two that year. And yes. then obviously they lost in the AFC championship game. The only losses they had that year were to the Titans. So yeah. I mean, they they were undefeated against everybody else. But yes. Tennessee that year It was so crazy.
2: It was. Wow.
1: So as we as we move in, um, before we jump into 2016, we talk a bit about last season. Um, it's not every year that a team can go from having the number two pick and then play poorly enough to get the number one, but um, you know it, the the Titans managed to pull it off yes. uh, last year. And aside from winning the first game of the year in the the rookie quarterback bowl, smashing Tampa Bay. Um, Six, uh, six, seven weeks later, uh, the Titans hadn't won another game yet, and they fired Ken Ken Wisenhunt. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, w- thoughts about that going into the, you know, not even the midway point of the season, and you're one in six, and you got a brand new head coach coming in?
2: Well, I mean, the feeling behind that is that Wisenhunt wasn't, he wasn't willing to adapt. I mean, and the, the Browns loss last year. Uh, it was just a microcosm of what was going on. He was not willing to make changes on the old line. And in turn, that was, I mean, Manorota got sacked say eight times versus the Browns last year. And he was dead set on, it was either his way or the highway, so to speak. So he was not willing to adapt and make any changes. And the owner at the time, uh, the current owner, Amy Armstrong, she saw that. She heard the from all the, well, the outcry, if you will, from the folks here in Nashville. That uh, there was obviously things were not trending in the right direction. She took it upon herself to make the change when she did, and and elevated Mike Monarchy to head coach. Uh, the first game uh, under his helm was the overtime win at New Orleans, and the Titans did some good, you know, did some good things when he took over. They Wore one of the less penalized teams in the uh, NFL after he took over. He actually was willing to make changes. The changes to the line helped Marietta. Uh, he did not obviously get his, his, did not get sacked as much as he did prior to the change. He, um, I'm still torn because ideally, I didn't see that he would be the guy. But he obviously won over the management, i.e., Amy Armstrong, and she made him the permanent head coach back in January. But the thing that has made uh, this year—not to jump guns, uh, I guess not to jump ahead—but I guess so. Well, let's stop there. Uh, Was there anything else from the 20? 15 season that you wanted to discuss. Well, I
1: think that was that was pretty much you know what we wanted to 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 cover. But yeah. I mean, I was going to ask you about Mularkey. I mean, with 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 all of the the young talent that the Titans have on offense. I mean, mm-hmm. with uh, with Conklin and then being able to steal Derrick Henry in the second round yes, yes. you have uh you know you got you got your hands on DeMarco Murray mm-hmm. uh Green Beckham you have you know Kendall Wright's yes. the first round pick and even Delaney Walker even though he's probably the oldest guy on the team had a thousand yard season at tight end last year so it's got to be Mariota's favorite target just based on that you know and Malarkey being the offensive coordinator I, I guess it kind of makes sense but did you wish they had maybe even – because it, it's like the season ended on, on January 3rd. He was named the coach not even two weeks later. Yeah. You know, so so no one no one really got, you know, as far as my knowledge, was really interviewed for the position. It was just kind of handed over to Malarkey. Do you at least wish they would have looked into other candidates or do you think Malarkey is still the guy?
2: Uh, Selfishly, I wish they had tried to pursue Hugh Jackson. Yeah. Uh, Hugh Jackson, obviously, you know, he was a great coach in Oakland and kind of, I guess, uh, wore all his welcome, if you will, or things didn't go the way that he'd wanted, so the Raiders let him go. I mean, uh, selfishly, heading into the end of last year, he was my number one guy on my list, Hugh Jackson, hands down. Uh, I was not really impressed with Adam Gates. Obviously, he had had Peyton... In Denver, and so he you know, he well, I shouldn't say wasn't really impressed, but I mean, I was impressed, but not to the extent that I was with Hugh Jackson. Because okay. you know, with his track record of what he's done for Andy Dalton there in Cincinnati, and what he did in his short stint with the Raiders, I was I was really intrigued by him, but unfortunately, you no, know, that that did not that did not happen. So. Uh, I wouldn't say we're stuck with Milwaukee, but I guess time will tell if uh, if the owner made the right pick. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of new faces um, with the Titans. Uh, free agents, like you mentioned, DeMarco Murray. Uh, Rashad Johnson, the uh, safety from Arizona. Ben Jones, the kid, uh, the center from the, the Texans, he's probably one of my favorite pickups. Uh, this offseason because of his, though no, no nonsense. He is a uh, good old boy, so to speak, who's willing to stir it up there on the line. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does when he uh, goes against his former teammates there with the Texans. But but the capper of all cappers has been the Titans signing John, John Robertson. John Robertson has been uh, – I was actually didn't actually did not get to go to it, but uh, the Titans have had here the here the past couple of years. They have had uh, ticket uh, season ticket Tuesdays uh, at the uh, at the stadium where they invite season ticket members out uh, to meet and greet players and coaches. And recently, as of two weeks ago, they had all the Titans rookies out there. So they had Derrick Henry. They had Conklin out there, but they, all everybody wanted to talk about was John Robinson. So, and unfortunately, he wasn't there, but that was the talk of that. I mean, you got Derek Henry there, a hospital the winner. You got your first round pick there, number eight overall, Jack Conklin. But everybody wanted to talk to, everybody wanted to meet and greet John Robinson because he's made that much of a difference. Because from day one, he is. He has entrenched his vision of hard-nosed, hard-nosed players with a can-do, ad- can-do attitude. Because frankly, the last couple of years the Titans have not had an have not had an identity under right. under Wisden Hunt, We didn't know what the Titans were supposed to be, because there was no identity. I mean, back when the Titans were good, you know that they were going to run the ball with Andy George and they were going to play. Aggressive defense with Rick, with Greg Williams because they would. I mean, that's what. I mean, that's who they were. Right. The past couple of years, we have not had any kind of identity. Therefore, there was nothing to latch on to. But now that Robinson is at the helm, we have a clear identity as to what he wants the Titans to be. And he and Mark Larky have kind of formed a, a tandem, if you will. They're both on the same page. They both know what they want. And they have instilled that in their guys since they won. And it's been rewarding. Well, It's been more refreshing to see that because, as I mentioned earlier, the Titans have not been back to the playoffs since 2008, the year that they had started the year 10-0. Uh, win number nine, actually, that year happened to be the Bears up there. Yes, it was. It's ultra field that uh, – was it 21-14 win that the Titans eked out. So, that, I, mean, right. that, I mean, that's the last time the Titans had have been, have been in the playoffs. So just, the past couple of years have been leaning main, as you mentioned, talking about the uh, second-round pick last year. I'm sorry, the number two pick last year. This year, the number – originally the number one, the Titans got uh, stole. I mean, got a King's Ransom from the Rams for the, the world pick. Our, ironically, it was Jeff Fisher, who uh, – hours so obviously the coach now? I mean, just the, all the irony, all the irony that the Rams were the trading partner with the Titans. You know, uh, you know, with all the history between the, the, the current head coach and the organization.
1: Well, speaking of the of the trade, mm-hmm. you know, it was a king's ransom. Yes. But to go back to to last year. And 2015, you guys had the number two pick, mm-hmm. and there was talk for for weeks and weeks leading up to the draft about the Titans trading away number two, yes. therefore passing on Marcus Mariota. I mean, yes. even the Bears were talked about being trade partners because you're only dropping from two to seven. Mm-hmm. Jay Cutler would be in Tennessee again because he went to Vanderbilt and so on and so forth. And it kind of led me th- – the reason that I'm asking is because if that had happened – Maybe Jay Cutler comes in, or maybe even San Diego. When they talked about maybe uh, Philip Rivers going back to Tennessee, and so on. Um, Zach Mettenberg obviously was going to be kind of uh, you know part of the future of the Titans. And a year later, with you know the, you keep the number two pick, you keep you you go with Mariota, and Zach Mettenberger kind of becomes the odd man out. A year later, he's out on the street because the Titans just released him. Uh, you know, a week or two. Um, ago. So, you know, what's what's the thought on letting go uh, Mettenberg? Are you guys happy with Matt Castle being the backup quarterback, or would you wish you kind of held on to him? Uh,
2: frankly, uh, the writing was on the wall with the Titans signed Matt Castle in March. Uh, mm-hmm. it, I mean, it's... Uh, Robinson wanted a veteran guy behind Mariota. He wanted somebody that he could lean on you know, to help with uh, with defenses, to, you know, to be a sounding board. Zach Mettenberger was not that guy. Right. Uh, obviously, his playing on field kind of summed up his career here in Tennessee. He was 0 10. Uh, he didn't, frankly, did not get it done. I mean, he w- he's got the he's got the arm of Jeff George, but he. Poor Zach is, is as nimble as uh, my late grand my late granddad. Guy, <laughs> guy is a statue there. Right. So, wh- I mean, I, I mean, I saw it coming uh, on, on the first day of a free agency when they signed my Castle. I, I knew that uh, Zach's days here in Tennessee were never.
1: Right. So, so now we move forward to to twenty sixteen, yes. and the Titans have the number one pick. Yes. All the talk about them possibly trading, and then they do pull the trigger on it. Now, pulling putting aside the fact that they got 9,000 draft picks for that spot, <laughs> yeah. did you want the Titans to use the number one pick, or did you prefer that they did trade down to get a bunch of picks to build for the future?
2: Separately, um, obviously the, the talk leading up to the draft was uh, Larry Mutunsel, the, uh, the, the tackle out of Ole Miss. Right. Either him or the local kid, Jalen Ramsey, the kid mm-hmm. actually grew up here to South South of Nashville, attended the uh, Academy, which is just down the street from our actually our office here at 24 7. He went to school like less than a mile from where our office is. Uh, Severously, uh, the Titans did the right thing, obviously, and you know, trained out of the uh, number one spot to get the extra picks. Um in the end it's about I mean how to to, to build a team is through the draft. And right. with Robinson he was able to maneuver A to get a couple of picks from the Rams. And a couple. <laughs> well, you know, I mean a couple picks. Uh but that obviously with what he did during the draft. Right. Trading trading with the the uh, the Browns, and getting up to number eight, they lost a, a pick or two of there, but ended up with 10 picks overall in the draft. Mm. And as far as the draft picks are concerned, a couple of guys, uh, obviously, Coughlin will, will be penciled in from day one at right tackle, obviously, Taylor Luan. Uh A guy that has really impressed so far in OTAs has been Tajay Sharp, the uh, receiver of... UMass. He's come in and he's actually gotten some reps with the first team. So he's actually taken he's actually uh caught some passes from uh Marietta. Uh Derek Henry, I'm not sure what his role is at this point. I mean they obviously traded for DeMarco Murray for a reason. Right. Uh I was listening today, uh the Titans uh O. C. long time uh coach the league, Terry Robisky was talking today after practice that they will likely go with a hot you no know, go with a hot hand, i.e. Murray or Henry. So he's not he he's not given a number on the number of carries that DeMarco and Derek will see in the game. Uh it's basically he said today whatever it takes to win. He said he would be willing to give uh like I think he mentioned quoted 70 carries to whoever got the job done. So he's not married to a a pitch count, if you will, for sure. Arco and uh, and Darren. Um Saffir Slate, you know, being a middle Tennessee guy, um, rooting for uh, our our third round pick, uh, Kevin Byard. He kind of came. He, he was kind of under the radar. Had gotten. Uh, I think he mentioned today. I actually heard him on the radio just before we got uh, started here. He had gotten two to three visits. He had, he had lined up two to three pre-judge visits before uh, his uh, pro day, and he ran such a good time in pro day. His phone started to blow up, and he had ended up with ten to twelve. And so and it so happens his coach in the Middle of Tennessee was coached by. John Robinson. So obviously there's a history there. Sure. So that was kind of a magical occurrence, if you will. Um, and there, there's a decent chance that the kid from Arkansas, uh Trey Tola, might get a decent look at the uh, left guard. That's the one that's the one open position right now along the Titans O line. You got your tie you got your tackle set, you got your center set. Right tackle is pretty much set so with the, with first round pick Chance Womack, and the only open position is uh, left tackle, and that's going to be decided between uh, last year's uh, Jeremiah P- Putozzi. He started some last year at, at right tackle. He was not a right tackle. Darn Wilson tried to make him a right tackle, but he's not a right tackle. He's in the running for the for the left guard position along with uh, Trey Tola, and. Uh, even I got word today that Brian Swinkey Swinke had uh, he played center the past couple of years, but had unfortunately had been injured and was lost last year because of injury. And that's when uh, they had, the Titans had, had kind of a rotating uh, doors, if you will, there at center last year. See, the problem with the Titans is it's up front, uh, the trenches. If they can get that figured out. That goes, I mean, obviously that will go a long way in protecting the franchise. And protecting the franchise uh, is, is, you know, is uh, goal number one, if you will.
1: So did losing Byron Bell kind of mess up plans for the offensive line? Could he have been uh, the left guard? Because I know he started, or at least when I was looking online, I saw him he was was slated at right tackle, or at least he was on the depth chart that I was looking at. So obviously that's going to be, most likely be Conklin. Yes. This year would would he have been moved over inside Byron Bell, or was he just a, a reserve guy?
2: No, I mean Brown would have been in running for that left guard position. Uh, I mean he was so valuable because he could play multiple positions along the line. Last right. year, obviously, he played uh, right tackle. Uh, and then, actually, he. That was one of the things that I mean. That was one of the first moves that that Markey made last year when he took over, was to make Byron Bell the right tackle, and then at that point, because Potosi was not getting the job done there, he was getting bull rushed and he was getting beat left and right by without leading the likes of JJ Watt and getting Mariota killed. And I mean that was. I mean back to the downfall, I mean that was one of the, the big downfalls, wasn't it? He was not willing to make changes on, on, on the online to help protect Mereda. And so Barnbell took over and finished the year last year at right Tycho. Uh, the Titans chose to re-sign him to a one-year deal uh, back in uh, Back in March. Mm-hmm. And he would definitely had uh, competed at the left tackle position. And then probably would have been the backup to Conklin and right tackle, if he had you know, been able to stay healthy. So now the Titans will have to look elsewhere for a backup to uh, to Conklin and right tackle, and obviously have that uh, have the uh, three to four guys that are vying for the left guard position now, and not uh, not four with uh, with Byrd being gone for the year.
1: So with with all of this, with the offensive line, or excuse me, with the offense, just period yes you have your franchise quarterback in Mariota you have the you have the one two at the running back position with Henry and and Murray you got a young core of receivers you got a veteran tight end and the offensive line seems to be figuring itself out so you look like you're poised to improve upon last year's 27 points 27th in the league in points scored but the Titans were also 28th in points allowed so aside from say, Kevin Dodd and Austin Johnson, your second-round picks. Mm-hmm. What have the Titans done to improve upon that going into 2016?
2: Well, they've got a, a – the big downfall last year was when Derek Morgan went out. Uh, when he lost Derek Morgan last year, they lost. The guy opposite, uh, Brian, Brian, Brian Aragpo, Aragpo, did not have a sack. After Derek Morgan went down. So he's back. They re signed him. That was a big get. Um, Morgan elected to re sign with the Titans instead of going out. And uh, he had a pretty decent offer. He actually had a visit with the Falcons, but chose to come back and re sign with the Titans. So that was a big coup because you got a healthy Derek Morgan now on the other side of a Rock Pub. You got obviously one of the, I mean, Real football fans will know who Jarrell Casey is because he's and he is by far the best the best player on defense for the Titans. He is a guy that actually quick story here. Last year, the Titans were getting blown out by the Jets up in uh, up in Jersey. Right before the half, the Titans uh, were caught misaligned even well. They were not set on defense. All of a sudden, you had Brandon Marshall out there. Outside all by himself, not being covered. And last minute, so the uh, Fitzpatrick got the play from, court, from the from the uh the LC, the play got going and Gerard Casey ran his fanny almost caught up with Brandon Marshall and tackled him, but fortunately he didn't. But that just shows the effort that a guy like Gerard Casey, which is the you know by far the best player on defense for the Titans. The I mean that's the guy that the Titans need more players like. The Jerome Casey's, the Delaney Walkers, those two guys on each side of the ball are what Titans fans appreciate, if you will, because they both those guys finally got some recognition last year. They were both uh, got to go to the Pro Bowl for the first time. Um, but back to defense. Um, Austin Johnson, uh, he's, going to be a, he's probably going to be in a rotation uh, from day one. He will, he will uh, be there on the defensive line. Kevin Dodd uh, had first surgery a couple weeks ago uh, during the first set of OTAs, but he's expected back in time for training camp. So hope hope all goes well with him. Um, let's see, what other guys? So the, the rookies are going to ex- – I mean, the g- rookies are expected to be counted on heavily, especially on special teams for the guys that won't be starting. And obviously, Austin Johnson will be in the rotation. Kevin Dodd will be in the rotation at uh, linebacker. Uh, Kevin Byard will probably – for now, at so going in, he'll probably see time on special teams and might come in on, on special packages. Of defense as far as the job is, is concerned. And then T.J. Sharp, he's a, he's a kid that, I was talking about earlier, he's got a chance. Uh, the Titans will probably keep five receivers, so that means one of the veterans will likely be on the outside looking in, i.e. Justin Hunter. Right now he's training that way. Uh, Justin has all the talent. He, he's a freakish, athlete, a freakish athlete, but Justin has not gotten He's not made that next step. He will. He's just uh, so I'm. I'm still. He's still waiting. I mean, Justin's just kind of. I mean, this is his. His. Uh, I mean, th- this training camp. He will either put up or shut, up, so to speak. If, if, if he doesn't put up, he will be out the door. Uh, come uh, the you know the last uh, the last week of uh, cuts there before the season starts.
1: So going into into uh, the training camp, mm-hmm. you have your your open spot at left guard. And any other positions that any position battles that that you're going to be keeping your eye on um, specifically on on the defensive side of the ball. Because I I was just looking at the the your your off season transactions mm-hmm. and I saw that Michael Griffin. Was released by yes. the Titans, so I thought that kind of spoke to maybe Bayard getting more of a shot on the defensive side of the ball, or is it just opening up competition for the safety position?
2: Well, uh, Griffin had a big uh, cap number, so that was the defining uh, the defining thing on him. He he, had, you know, obviously he was a draft pick here of the Titans, uh, but his cap number was so high, the Titans, uh, you know, decided to part ways with him. And they brought in Rashad Johnson from the Cardinals on a one-year deal. So Rashad will will play opposite uh, North Cersey. Those will be will, those will likely be the starting two safeties to start the season, unless Bayer beats one of them out, which he could. I mean, the kid. I mean, all the kid did uh, in his college or career was uh, have 19 interceptions. I mean, it, it doesn't matter what level of, of ball. I mean, 19 interceptions speaks volumes. Yes, it Uh, does. So safety, or I mean, the the safeties are pretty set. The uh, quarterback, uh, right now, you've got the veteran Jason McCourty on one side. They brought in Bryce McCain as a free agent. They brought in Antoine Blake as a free agent. Um, Those are two guys, and then they they signed – Cox last year from, from the 49ers so it's not it's not for certain yet who will start opposite uh, Jason McCourty at the second corner uh, going in probably right now we have to say the parish Cox has the uh, has that spot but Bryce McCain could uh, could steal it I mean whichever one doesn't get whichever uh, corner does not start our uh, uh, does not stop start. Opposite McCourty will be more likely be the nickel. And then uh, Blake will be somewhere, probably in the the down package will be somewhere in the mix as well. The Titans actually, probably one of the better stories from the draft was the last pick that the Titans made. Kalen Reed, I saw where pro football focus, had Reed as one of their top 70 prospects overall, and he ended up being the last pick in the draft a.k.a. Mr. Irrelevant. Right. The things like his his ball skills. Uh, he could he could find a way to get, uh, you know, to find some time at corner. Uh, and then uh, the kid out of, his, uh, of Southern Utah. Oh, my goodness. My, his, his name is –
1: LaShawn Sims. Yeah,
2: yeah, LaShawn Sims. He's going to – he's tall and lanky. He's kind of the developmental – not – no, not – Developmental, but the kid that's got the most uh, work to do—he's you know obviously from just—he's he, he's from a small school that's got all the measurables, if you will. He just like has,
1: possibly a um, practice squad guy for this year.
2: Probably, yeah, bet probably best suited for the squad, the the uh, the practice squad uh, as it stands right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but the you know linebackers are set. You got you got uh, Bow, You got. Uh, you got Woodyard, you got Avery, Avery Williamson, you got Derek Morgan. Those guys. You got Kevin Dodd. We'll will find will fill in there. Sean Spence, the kid from uh, the free agent from Steelers, he will he will uh, probably find his way in the rotation there. So Titans have got some. You know, they finally got depth at positions where they needed depth. I the O line, uh, the D line, linebacker. Cornerback and safety. Last year, they—I mean, obviously—they were bringing guys in from in off the street. Last year, towards the end of the year, and they didn't have that depth that they that they've had when they've been good. You know, it's you know any good team has depth has depth at the big major uh, positions. And, you know, mm-hmm. if you don't have it, you're doomed, so to speak. And the Titans have finally got depth at those positions where they haven't had over the past years, and that's a, that's a good sign.
1: So, talking about the AFC South yes. as a whole, I mean, last year, just you know, basically a disaster of division. Yes. You had the, you know, the Titans went three and thirteen. The Jaguars were they were they four and twelve, five and 11? Uh, eleven. Last year, the the Colts, you know, were a sinking ship. Last year, and then the Texans kind of won the division well, by well, default. Exactly. You know, they they were a nine and seven team that were quickly ousted yes. at home in the in the wild card round of the playoffs. But the Texans have made some really interesting moves, especially in the draft. The Jaguars they did just yes. as well in the draft as the Titans exactly, did. Yes. And then the Colts are getting a healthy Andrew Luck back, and they made some some moves to try to improve their football team. You know everything is pointing to the AFC South not being a disaster that they were last year. You know, what are your thoughts on, on how you see the AFC South playing out this year?
2: Uh, I echo, you know, pretty much whatever, you know, what you just said uh, last year, they simply put the AFC South was pretty much a dumpster fire. Right. It was, <laughs> it, it was brutal to watch. Uh, uh, I mean, there was a reason why the Titans and the Jags were picking as high as they were. And, when the Colts lost uh, luck, they were not the same team. Uh, obviously, they won some games. Uh, they beat the Titans with uh, – gosh, I don't want to start with uh, how they beat the Titans in the last game. But they found a way to beat the Titans. Um, but the Jaguars, they arguably arguably had the best draft of anybody. And they mm-hmm. – uh, obviously, they got their first pick last year back from injury. Dante felt Right. Uh, he was a stud in, the, in college, and he was coming on before his injury last year in in, uh, in training camp. And uh, but this is a make or break year for the Jaguars. They have mm-hmm. let uh, their coach. I mean, this is year three of of, of his regime. Right. And he's gotta get things done or else the Jaguars will be looking for a head coach uh in twenty seventeen.
1: Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was uh surprising that he held on as long as yeah, he has so far. Yeah, I mean
2: this is uh, this is Gus's uh, last stand, so to speak. Uh mm-hmm. but obviously I mean he's got I mean they recently uh extended their their uh there are two receivers. I mean, it was good to see Hearns get an extension. I mean, talk about a, a field goal story. Uh, they've got the weapons on offense now. But uh, what is odd, though, is that Gus Bradley was known as a defensive minded coach, and their defense, the Jaguars defense, has not been anything special since he's been there. Last year, right. it was the offense that kind of carried them and probably will be the odds zone thing to do this year, although – with all the draft picks they uh, they picked up, and then bringing in Malik Jackson from the Broncos, obviously that was a huge pickup in free agency. So they have they have got to be better on defense. I mean, yeah, it, it just I mean they they can't be much worse. I guess I'm trying to say.
1: Yeah, that they um, you know it's it's difficult to to allow many more points than the Jags yes. did I mean, last yes. year. And they spent, you know, talk about a King's ransom on Malik Jackson. Yes. They went out and got Tayshawn Gibson, Prince of Mukamura. I mean, they just loaded up the defense with free agents and big contracts mm-hmm. and such. So you'd have to think if they if they fall again this year, that you know, Bradley may not even survive the season no, exactly. if it becomes a foregone conclusion that the Jaguars aren't gonna produce this year. Exactly. Exactly.
2: And then, and they got the Texans, obviously went out and got Oswalder. So the the the, the ARC South Arguably has the best collection of young quarterbacks of any division yeah. in the NFL. Yeah. You've know, got Mariota here in Nashville, you got Osweiler in Houston, you got Bortles in Jacksonville, and obviously you got Andrew Luck uh, there in the Indy. So they've arguably got the best uh, quarterbacks, uh, the best young talent quarterback in, in, the, in the whole NFL. I'm still not sold on the Colts. I mean, they, I was shocked when they, when uh, they brought uh, Chuck back and Grigson. I mean, I mean, that that, that press conference that they had when they announced that he was coming back and with Grigson there, it it, it was, it was a, gave me, it was, it was, was, I won't say uneasy, but it was, it was kind of hard to watch because Grigson, I I mean I don't think any of that has gone away. I mean that's still gonna be there. They're you know, they're all on again, off again uh relationship there in Indy. I, I mean it's gonna be air it it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out for sure moving forward. And uh, but yeah, I mean the AFC South is definitely finally, finally on the way up so to speak after a, a disastrous twenty fifteen.
1: Yeah and I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how it does play out because I think that you know experts and football pundits if you will are kind of going to go with well it's either going to be the Texans or it's going to be the Colts because you know Andrew Luck is back, and when he was healthy, the Colts were the best team in the division. Or you know the Texans are you know they're the the gatekeepers to the AFC South yes. now, so it's probably going to be them. But I think that the ceiling with the Jaguars and the Titans is so high this year that could that could uproot anything, and I I wouldn't be surprised honestly to see anything unfold in the afc south if the titans or the jags and all their young talent and mm-hmm. you know all the all the the meat that they added on defense with the jaguars and such if one of those was to emerge and i'm really looking forward to see how it all unfolds in the afc south this yeah. year just because the potential across the board for any one of those teams to be the team to represent the south in the playoffs this year it's there for all of Yes, them. so because sure funnier things have happened than for a team to come out with a first-year coach and a, a young quarterback and then make it to the playoffs i mean it it happened five years ago with andrew luck in and the and the colts in 2012 so it, it wouldn't be ridiculous for Mariota and the titans to do it this year i don't think
2: uh yeah i mean it could definitely happen i mean the you know you know you know the motto for the nfl you know not for long so it it's right. uh, a new year, brings on new opportunities, and it's and it's up to the Titans and Mariota to uh, get them back uh, in the right direction. And I think, obviously, you know, selfishly, the Titans have got the the, the quarterback to do it. It's just about all the pieces around him. If if they can gel on both sides of the ball, uh, good things, uh, good things, uh, hopefully, are in store for our uh, are, are in store here for Titans fans. So, and I
1: honestly believe if it doesn't happen this year, it's got to be 2017 or or somewhere very close to it. Because I just think that the way that Robinson is setting the Titans up, it's it's a blueprint for success, and I really think that that good days are ahead yes. uh, for Tennessee. So, But I hope that they aren't anywhere around Sunday, November 27th, <laughs> when the Bears and the Titans are yeah. playing uh, uh-huh. in Chicago. So if, if you could have a bad day that weekend, that would be fantastic. Every other day before and after that, go Titans. So, you know, that's just how I'm feeling.
2: Okay. Understood. Understood. And, you know, I, mean, I kind of feel the same way. The uh, <laughs> Bears, you guys are, you know, rocking rock other, every, rock, every, rock the other – 15 weeks in the season, but that uh, you know that one game there, you know, you know got to gotta wait for the uh, two-tone blue, so to speak. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, I've, I've kind of always had a sentimental attachment to the Titans oh, cool. because I was actually a huge Oilers fan really? uh, growing up because uh, after Walter Payton retired in 87, mm-hmm. my favorite player in the NFL after that was Warren Moon. So he came up to Soldier Field in 87, 88, and he actually beat the Bears when they had the best defense in the league. And I just kind of fell in love with Warren Moon and his, his throwing release and how they, you know, how the the run and shoot offense was just so exciting to watch back then before the league caught up to it Mm -hmm. uh, and everything. So the Oilers kind of morphing into the Titans. I've always kind of had somewhat of a sentimental attachment to the Titans because they used to be the Oilers and, uh, and so on and so forth. So, uh, you know, kind of always, kind of pulling for those for those teams to cool. to kind of reemerge. So, but um, last question that I had for yes, you, sir. and I said it was going to be kind of a fun one, yeah. was uh, it's kind of a what if okay. question sure. because I just read uh, you know was it last week or the week before that uh, Peyton Manning confessed that if he hadn't signed with the Denver Broncos, the team that he was looking more towards was the Tennessee oh, Titans. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so you know him returning to his old stomping grounds, having been you know a god at the University of Tennessee in college and everything. How do you think that might have played out for Tennessee had Peyton made the decision to take a chance with the Titans instead of playing with house money in Denver?
2: Yeah, so so Peyton was in town for an event here in Nashville uh, two weeks ago, and obviously had a uh, session where he filled questions. Um, and like you said, it. it I mean, it was. Definitely down to the nitty gritty, and it was either going to be Denver and or Tennessee. He had a great visit with the at the time coach, head coach Mike Munchak. Uh, They hit, I mean, they hit off well. And I truly believe that Peyton would have chose uh, Tennessee. uh, Obviously, uh, the Titans would be in well. I mean, at the time, they would be in a lot. You know, they would have won more games, obviously. Sure. They would have probably been the playoffs, or at least been on the door to the playoffs. But you know, I, I hey. mean, I, I mean, there's no bigger star in Tennessee uh, east of Nashville than Peyton Manning. He's like a, you know, uh, he, he's like the state's uh, favorite son. Sure. And you know, Tennessee fans. As intensity ball fans, have always wanted him to come back as a coach, and he's the gone, you know, gone record saying that he does not want to be a head coach, but maybe someday be a, uh, a quarterbacks coach. Uh, so it will be it, it be it, it will be interesting to see what he's going to do this year. will probably uh, more likely will take a year off to. Uh, See the site, so to speak, you know, go see various games. He's, uh, you know, he's already gone a record saying he's going to attend several uh, Tennessee ball games this fall. But getting back to your question, uh, obviously things would have been uh, things would have been a lot different if Peyton had, had, had chosen uh, Nashville as his as his next stop uh, rather than Denver. Uh, obviously, Mike Munchak will probably be still head coach here. The Titans would have won more games, a good many more games with Peyton behind the center
1: you'd have to think maybe the roster would look a lot different oh, sure. because maybe the for sure. the Titans would have been a lot more motivated to be active in free yes. agency to bring in bring in people to help Asians. Peyton win yes. now yes. yeah uh,
2: I mean you know, I mean kind of like what the the Broncos did when they got sure it. yeah I mean it's it, it's a great whatever question that the Titans fan will Things fan uh, will will ponder for years, and, but now that they've got Mariota, I think uh, that uh, you know that that's all pretty much died down now here in Nashville, and they're looking looking forward to uh, hopefully a, a a bounce back year in 2016. Because uh, frankly, things could uh, the past two years have been uh, brutal. On
1: uh, yeah. on, uh, on Titans fans here in Nashville and, and yeah
2: five and twenty seven yeah last years. two years and so, separately, if the Titans could get to eight you know to get to eight and eight this year that will be a uh, that that will be a good year
1: absolutely absolutely so um so I th- I think that's all that I okay. have and um Dan I appreciate you coming on to the uh the show. And uh, we hope to have you on uh, the week of the game. That week of the uh, the twenty seventh, when the Bears and the Titans uh, play. Um- We'll have to figure that one out because I think that's actually when Thanksgiving rolls around or maybe it's the week after. I'm not sure. But uh, we'll be able to uh, put our heads together around then and uh, have you back on and compare notes to see where we are with our two teams heading into that final stretch uh, of the season. It's week number 12. Yes. The Bears and the Titans play each other. So we'll be deep into the season at that point. Yeah, we should have all of our answers about you know exactly, what our teams are yeah, at that sure. point. Yeah. So. So it should be an interesting conversation. Then look forward to having you back.
2: Larry, uh, I uh, I uh, look forward to it, sir.
1: Dan Cotton, 247sports.com. The actual address for the Titans page is 10, is in the number 10, mm-hmm. T-E-N dot 247sports, as in 247 sports uh, dot com. So check out the Titans page for all the info there. So uh, Dan Cotton joining us to talk Bears and Titans. Excellent conversation we had with our new friend Dan Cotton, 247sports.com or ten.247sports.com if you want to check out the Tennessee Titans uh, page uh, on the site. Uh, Looking forward to having our other AFC South uh, friends on the show, Uh, Colton Manziel, no relation to the walking train wreck from the Cleveland Browns. Uh, will be on the show. Uh, I'll have interview him later this week uh, to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Josh Wilson will be on with us for the Indianapolis Colts, and then Brett Coleman uh, for the tennis, or excuse me, the, t- the Houston uh, Texans. All from SB Nation, uh, be joining us uh, later on as we go into further and further into June, and then we will pick things up with our NFC East opponents, uh, starting with the last place Cowboys. That's going to be weird to say but uh, the Cowboys the Giants the Eagles and the Redskins uh, I'll be reuniting with Mike Carrar who we had on the show a couple of times last year uh, for our preview opponents and uh, our preview for the Bears and the Redskins last year have him back on see if he's a trash talker wants to rub it in that the Bears uh, lost to the skins uh, last year so we'll have to wait and see how that all goes but um, looking forward to having this you know Real happy to be back in the mix and things like that. Also, be sure to check us out on on Football is America. Uh, Myself, Ron Rugg, Kyle Frank, uh, talking the NFL uh, in general. Also doing um, not so much opponent previews, but just team uh, previews. We spoke with Lori Lattimore-Volkman about the Broncos, who we had on the show before. Um, Kyle Farmer from the Ravens. Uh, SB Nation page we spoke to him uh, Tom Ryle who we'll have on the show for the Cowboys we spoke to him a couple of weeks ago so if you just wanted to get general information on, on all the teams be sure to, to look up Football as America on iTunes to uh, get the latest on what the three of us are up to and sometimes you just want to listen to the three of us banter with each other because it can get quite entertaining so uh, be sure to check out Football as America catch me on Twitter at Chi Bears Review C-H-I Bears Review and, um, you know, any questions that you might have, maybe uh, answer them on the show. Or if you have a question for our guests, I guess I haven't put that out to you guys yet. Uh, either do it on the Facebook page, send me a private message on Facebook if you're following me, or hit me up on Twitter. Any questions that you think might be relevant that you, you want to know the answer to, um, you know, I, I, believe me, I sometimes I'm running out of questions uh, like you could see, you know, Dan he, uh, <laughs> God love him, His great information, knows his stuff, but the guy answered like six questions. I asked him one question, he answered like the next five that I was going to ask him. So, you know, kind of scrambling for questions uh, at the end. So I got, I need all the questions I can get. If you have them out there, throw them my way, at Shy Bears Review on Twitter, or uh, message me on Facebook or the Facebook page for the Chicago Bears Review. And uh, if, uh, if, if I need them, I'll use them, so... Throw them out there. So, but that's uh, going to do it for our Tennessee Titans uh, opponent preview episode. Uh, keep your eyes open on Twitter and on the Facebook page to see when our episode for Colton Manzel and the Jacksonville Jaguars will be released. So until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Chicago Bears review.
0: Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com.
3: I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry...